Hello team and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. Today I bring you some incredible news. I have been working on a secret project for the past three or four months now and I now can tell you that the brand new follow along workout channel is live and here. On this YouTube channel, you're gonna find workouts for fat loss, muscle building, improving your cardio health, flexibility, everything is gonna be on there. You're gonna find body weight workouts, dumbbell workouts, kettlebell and resistance bands workouts, all that you can follow along with. And the best part is that it's completely free. They're also around 10 to 20 minutes long, meaning if you're short of time, you can quickly complete an effective workout or you can combine like two or three of them together and complete like a full 45 to 60 minute workout. New workouts will go live on the channel every Tuesday and Thursday and they're gonna be accompanied by an amazing backdrop, which I'm sure you're all gonna enjoy. So if you wanna find the channel, just search Elliot Hassoon into YouTube and you'll find it very easily. And please subscribe. It makes me very, very happy and it helps the channel grow. And feel free to tell your friends, your family, your pets, whoever you want to share this with and let's work out together. Welcome to the Simply Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Hassoun. In this podcast, I'll be looking at three key questions related to fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I will break these down into information that is easy to understand and actionable so that you can apply it to your life today. This podcast will give you all you need to improve your health and well-being once and for all. So sit back, listen, and most importantly, take action. So I didn't only want to record this podcast, I felt compelled to record this podcast. And the reason why it's being released midweek is because I wanted to get it out there as soon as possible. And so I'll start by saying that I am not a therapist. I'm not a mental health expert. But this topic, it really, really needs to be spoken about. And it's getting more and more attention, which is amazing. But I feel the challenges that people are having, unfortunately, are outweighing the amount of attention it's being given. And I am incredibly grateful to have this platform. And as I said, I genuinely feel compelled to talk about this, to open up the conversation more and to ultimately help break the stigma. There is nothing wrong with having mental health challenges. There's no shame in it. You shouldn't feel guilty that you're struggling, even though, you know, seemingly on the outside looking in, you have a nice life. You know, the analogy, again, is cliche, but it's true. If you have an injury on your shoulder, on your knee, on your wrist, and you go to see a physiotherapist, you won't hide it. Nobody hides it. No one questions this. So why is it that when we have a potential injury to our minds, that it is questioned, that it is hidden, that it is shameful? And it needs to stop. It needs to be more of an open conversation. It needs to be easier to understand. And that's the first aspect. The second aspect, and this is completely my opinion, and whether you agree with me or not, is totally fine. But I do not. And I will repeat this. I do not believe that the cure to this is medication. I don't believe it's about allocating or prescribing someone with SSRIs, SNRIs, diazepam, or whatever you want to give them. And I genuinely believe that they are given out too frequently. And if we need to take this back to the physio example, you might be advised to take some type of anti-inflammatory or painkiller, but that's not looked at as the cure. Do rehabilitation exercises, your posture is looked at. 
Your lifestyle is addressed. That's the first point of call. And the same needs to happen for our mental health. We need to be more proactive about addressing depression, addressing anxiety, panic attacks through lifestyle measures as opposed to medication. And we need to open up the ability for this to take place before people reach rock bottom. We need to speak about it in schools. We need to impact the younger generation by teaching them about their feelings, giving them an insight into emotional intelligence and giving them a safe space to speak, but not only to speak, but to be heard as well. It really, really shouldn't have to get worse before it comes better. And the pandemic has been tragic and it has taken a huge amount of lives. And what's also tragic is it's accelerated people's already deteriorating mental health. And I do genuinely believe there's going to be an immense amount of healing that needs to be done, both mentally and physically, when this is all said and done. And the more that we talk about it, the more we normalize it, the more we show people that we can speak about it, that they can speak about it, the more that we can slowly begin to change this. And that's where today's podcast comes in. You know, I might not blow your mind with any of this information. You might have heard it all before, but I hope someone out there listens today who might not be in a good place right now and gets a reminder of something that they've actually not been doing recently and they start giving it a go again. And I hope that someone who's in a good place right now They think of a friend or a family member who's not feeling so great and chooses to reach out to help them. So let's get into it. And I want to go through my top five ways of how to improve your mental health. So the first one, and I had to start here, which is cover the fundamentals of your physical well-being. We may all think of our mental health challenges as things to do with our minds, our neurochemistry, our brains. But as we know, our bodies and minds are intertwined. And let's, you know, let's give a couple of examples here, right? Let's look at movement. We know it releases endorphins. We, we're fully aware of that. We know that it helps the lymphatic system function, and which transports lymph, which is that fluid that contains infection-fighting white blood cells. And that goes throughout the body. It sounds kind of essential, right? And it also removes toxins and waste from the body that can easily accumulate if you're not moving around regularly and it's not functioning at its best. Sleep. I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Certain stages of sleep are largely responsible for helping you function cognitively. And if you're not sleeping well, you're going to be less focused, you're going to have a harder time concentrating, and you won't even be able to really regulate or reason with your emotions as well. And if you're already inundated with work, which is actually fueling your anxiety, A decrease in your ability to actually focus and accomplish that work is only going to make you feel even more anxious. Nutrition. I feel we all underestimate the impact that the different foods have on our bodies, right? Let's say you're constantly running on sugar to keep you energized. Your blood sugar is going to be massively inconsistent. And we all know what happens when it gets low, right? We get irritable. We start feeling tired, lethargic. And what we do is we reach for something sugary or something filled with caffeine, which might lift us up for an hour or so. But this is just a vicious cycle that repeats on and on. And as much as I love coffee, which we all know, caffeine is not really going to be that great if you are someone who's experiencing a lot of anxiety. And as I mentioned in that sleep podcast, caffeine is a drug. It's a stimulant. And if you're already anxious and your heart is going to be racing more, you're in that sympathetic fight or flight uh, nervous system response, caffeine can do the same thing. It's only going to increase those feelings and make you feel even more anxious or even more jittery and uh, unsettled. So now I've got your attention. 
here are a few simple, super simple places you can get started with. So I would just pick one or two and then build in more as time goes on. Don't look to change everything in one day. Just take these small steps. So really easy one. Start your morning with a 10 to 15 minute outdoor walk. It doesn't matter if it's raining. It doesn't matter if it's gray outside. The fresh air and the movement, just like I said with the lymphatic system earlier, will do your body good. And it will also do your circadian rhythm good. So you will be able to sleep better too. Uh, next is start your morning with a glass of water. Take your internal shower as well as your external one. Next is, as mentioned with a coffee, right? If you're not, <laughs> if you're like me, not willing to get rid of it, then swap for decaf or a tea or you know, another beverage that will help you function a little bit better. And this will be hard initially, but it will pay off in the long run. Uh, next will be to aim for higher nutrient foods, like opt for lower sugar and try and go for more stable, like stable carbohydrates, more complex carbohydrates, or just generally more balanced, you know, higher protein, get some good fats in there as well. Next is going to be to try and exercise between two to five times per week. It doesn't have to be sophisticated. It doesn't have to be lengthy or heavy, just 20 minutes or something along those lines. Next, aim for seven to nine hours of sleep. And following on with that, create a short evening and morning routine that sets you up for success. Any of these will help. And number two, I wanted to finish with this one. And these aren't in any particular order, all of which are going to help. But I, just in case someone gets interrupted, you're on your commute to work or, you know, you're finishing your cardio or something and doesn't listen to all of this, I wanted to make sure that you catch this. The second one, talk to someone. The worst thing, and yeah, bear with me here, actually, just hold on for a second. Hear me out. The worst thing about mental health challenges is that most people will feel really, really alone, right? There's, like I said before, there's still a certain level of stigma. There will always be feelings of shame, guilt, embarrassment, not wanting to bring the mood down, which will cause most people who are experiencing these things to hide these feelings. And keeping up that front that you're okay, putting a smile on your face, being happy all the time can be extremely exhausting for someone who's having challenges. It can actually like make them feel even more isolated because no one's going to understand as they, you know, always have their smiley persona on. If you have a friend or family member that you trust, reach out to them. You'd be amazed at how much people actually want to help. They might not understand, right? Granted, they might not understand. They might not even know what to do, but they will quite often want to help you. And I heard a quote and it literally just gave me shivers as I thought this to myself, which is, it was on social media recently and it said, I'd rather listen to your story than go to your funeral. And that's pretty deep. I would much rather someone reach out to me with a challenge than go to the extremes of potentially taking their own life, which is how bad it can get. And honestly, well, I've definitely got shivers, right? Let's, let's move past that. But it's so true. And if you don't feel like anyone's going to understand, you don't feel like you've got someone in your life like that, and I appreciate some people may not, there are helplines. There's, you know, you can always reach out to your GP. There's online therapy. There's things where you can stay completely anonymous if you have that level of embarrassment potentially about it. But the main message is just talk to someone, but also make sure that there is a level of trust there if it is someone within your friend circle or your families. Because it can be even more challenging if someone responds in a way that, makes you feel even worse about it. So just be mindful of that. And a quick side note as well, if you don't feel ready to discuss your challenges, still reach out to someone, right? Like just have normal conversation with them. Quite often when you are feeling depressed and anxious, you'll want to isolate yourself, but go for the opposite. Go against those inner, you know, that inner talk that's telling you to be alone. We're social beings. We've evolved in tribes. 
And the loss of connection and the inability to be tactile during this pandemic is probably messing with us on a far deeper level than we know. So connect with people, even if it is virtually for the time being or through a phone. At least, at the very least, you will get some time out of your head, which might not be the best place at this moment in time. So I hope that one helps. And on to number three, which is rediscover the things you enjoy and also try some new things. When you're in a bit of a low place, you might actually find that you don't really enjoy things that you used to. You just don't connect with them anymore. You're most likely going to keep up your obligations because you feel like you have to, but you'll probably lack that joy in your life because, you know, the things that you did used to enjoy, they just don't have that same impact that they had before. And if you can't think of anything off the top of your head, my advice is to like look back on your life. Like, what did you do as a kid that you really enjoy? And I'm going to give you an example here. This was actually pre-pandemic. It was late 2019, I want to say. And I just realized that I became very work-focused and you know personal development-driven, which is amazing. Which I think you know I like focusing on those things. But I realized that there wasn't anything in my life that I genuinely did for just fun literally just for fun. And, you know, the first thing that came to my mind, I was like, what don't I have to rely on other people to? Like, I played a lot of football when I was younger. I loved playing. But then I'd have to rely on, you know, getting a team together, you know, finding a place to kick a ball about and everything like that. But then I realized skateboarding, right? I hadn't picked up a skateboard in about 10 years. When I ordered it, it came in the, you know, the delivery came through. You should have seen the smile on my face. It was ridiculous. I absolutely loved it. And actually something during this pandemic, I, I've actually listened to music way more than I did before, as I know how much it can help change my state. Like I've started trying to just like, not just listen to music passively, but to enjoy the music, listen to the lyrics, appreciate the level of effort that went into creating that piece of music. So do the things that, you know, you did in the past that you enjoyed. I used to play the drums when I was younger. I used to skateboard when I was younger. So music and skateboarding became obvious to me and they brought back a, you know, a good level of joy that I completely forgot about. I completely forgot how much I enjoyed those two things until I brought them back in my life. And if you can't find those things, just opt for something that maybe just sparks a little bit of interest. It just intrigues you, you know, cooking, baking, knitting, doing puzzles, coding, learn a language maybe, read, dance, play, exhaust every single option of anything that's ever intrigued you. You know, you just want to just try something. And if it sticks, amazing. If it didn't, at least you gave it a go and you did something different. You potentially can rule that out as something that you try in the future. The next one, which is a really, really big one for me, number four, which is create time for mindfulness. And once again, bear with me here. And I did a whole segment on meditation, episode 12. And if I put it quite simply and give you my experience with this, again, I'm not a sophisticated medicator, medicator, sorry, meditator. I am not, you know, someone who's gone to the far ends of India to go into a tribe or the forest and learn meditation. I literally did it through apps. So just bear that in mind. And when I started meditating in 2017, the best thing that it ever taught me was that I am not my thoughts. There is a space between my thoughts and the way that I behave in this world. You know, what meditation can do is it can teach you that, but it can also help you cultivate more space between your thoughts and your actions. And next thing, you can reframe those thoughts in your mind once you realize that they are not in control. 
And you can break those vicious cycles of your mind. Like that we all have, we all have that inner critic, that inner voice. And it might not be that loud at the moment, or it might be extremely loud. It might not, it might be the only voice that you hear, but meditation is literally the thing that helps me create more space. And just like when I train, the more I do it, the better I get at it. So if you're having mental health challenges, you you know it's far it's quite likely that you are caught up in that vicious cycle at the moment of thinking you know things like i'm not good enough life's incredibly hard i can't do this i should give up all of those type of things that probably simmer away in the background and like i said if you're in a pretty challenging place then they could be the only thoughts that you really hear and what i want to mention here is those negative thoughts if we look into uh, some cognitive behavioral therapy stuff they're called nats or ants which is automatic negative thoughts or negative automatic thoughts they are incredibly persistent like really persistent so it takes some work to reduce the noise on those and you can break the cycle with something like meditation but first thing you have to do is recognize that you are not your thoughts And when you do see these gnats or ants, whatever you want to call them, you need to catch them and you need to reframe them. You need to be like, okay, that's just a negative thought. Okay, let me just try and dispel this negative thought here. You know, let me support the evidence that I'm not good enough or, you know, I can do this. You know, you start to flip it and find the evidence to support the opposite of that negative thought, which I think we've gone through slightly before in overcoming limiting beliefs, which was also in a previous episode. I'll make sure that I... uh, link that in the show notes. And another helpful way of doing this actually is journaling. And once again, another thing, another thing that's not super sophisticated uh, is my journaling practice. I literally have a notepad and a pen and I write whatever is in my head. And, you know, there's something incredibly rewarding and getting those thoughts out of my head and onto a physical piece of paper. One super valuable aspect of journaling is that once you get those out on paper, you can actually see those thoughts now rather than being all caught up in your mind. Because when you're having mental health challenges, you are very much caught up in your own head quite a lot. And you might be going through all these negative thoughts, but once you see them written down in front of you, it's a whole different ball game. You can read them and think, wow, damn, like I don't want to be thinking like this. No wonder I don't feel great, right? If that's what's, you know, if that's the soundtrack of my mind, you can start to be a bit more rational because you can see it from like a third person perspective. Because for the first time, if you've not cultivated that ability to see your thoughts and understand that you're separate from them, that's where writing them down can be a really, really powerful technique. And another really great technique, and I encourage you to try this one, is once you see that journal entry, you read that back, think of someone you care about, like someone who you really deeply care about. And ask yourself, if this was my best friend, my brother, my sister, my mom, my partner, and they were writing this about themselves, what would I say to them? You know, what would I say about them telling me, I'm not good enough, I'm a failure, I can't do this anymore? What would you say to them? And then start practicing that on yourself, because that can be incredibly powerful. And, you know, without even any doing any meditation or mindfulness practices, you can actually just see the thoughts for what they are. And once you have the opportunity to see them, you can then begin to reframe them and break that cycle. So two quick final points I want to make are affirmations and gratitude. And if we want to create new thoughts to serve us better, affirmations can be super helpful. And a lot of people, they don't really know where to start, you know, when it comes to affirmations, because they'll go along the roots of something, saying something they probably don't believe in, like, 
I'm happy or I have so much to be grateful for, which is, you know, can be quite hard to see when someone's anxious all the time or depressed potentially. And the negativity in your mind, like I said, it's going to be far more persistent and it's just going to say, you know, no, you're not. And, you know, you'll have to do some work here. And the most important thing you can do is find the evidence to support this. And just a big, big takeaway here, listen closely, your affirmations need a because. So you're not just grateful. I have so much to be grateful for because I have a loving family and friends. I have food in my fridge and a roof over my head. I went out for a coffee this morning and it was a damn good coffee. Like when you find evidence, it's so much more believable and you can reduce the noise of that automatic negative thought that will say, no, you don't have anything you're grateful for because you already have the evidence. You're already be able to give that because reason. And then, yeah, that ties into the final point, which is actually gratitude itself, right? If we think negatively, our minds will find more negativity. If we think about things we're grateful for, we will find more things that we're grateful for. We've done this little task before when I ask you to close your eyes Think of the color red for 10 seconds. Open your eyes. What do you see? Red everywhere. And I've just seen as I'm recording, I have a little red um, <laughs> a red track bar on the audio that's recording. Now I can see the red record button. You know, so this is what happens. We are able to create what we want to see in the world, but we have to be conscious of that. And when it comes to gratitude, I think it's important to start small and also try to have quite a broad perspective, right? Put it this way. If you're listening to this right now, you're probably listening on a phone and a lot of people in the you know third world countries don't even have a phone. They barely have access to clean water and you've got a thousand pound plus phone in your pocket or in your hand. And this isn't something that should make you feel guilty. It should be something that makes you feel grateful. So that's number four. And as we move into number five and the final point for today, which is try therapy. As mentioned earlier, I would truly love to live in a world where we talk about mental health therapy the same way we speak about physical health therapy. And let's put it this way. We don't need to go into depth about our mental and physical injuries, right? When someone goes to therapy, like physical therapy, they might say, I have a bad shoulder. And, you know, they won't go into specifics. You know, I have a bad shoulder. I have a bad wrist. I have a bad back, right? They don't tell you how I got injured, what specifically it is. Like, you know, I have tennis elbow or whatever they you know they don't tell you about the recovery process unless they unless you they want to share that unless you ask it's just not necessary and if they want to it's totally fine but just saying i'm getting shoulder pain and i'm seeing a physio end of conversation is more than sufficient and this is what needs to happen when someone says they're seeing a therapist for mental health and the reason why i'm so pro therapy is because i believe it shows strength right someone has realized that they don't know all about their mind and they want to work it out. And I think that's awesome. It's the reason I go personally. The more I know about myself and my mind, the more power I have, the more inner strength I have, the more centered I am. And I don't know about you, but I like having control over my mind. I like not like I like knowing that I'm not my thoughts, especially the negative ones. I like having more inner strength. I like being more centered. And I think all of us in this world, especially during this time, could have a little bit more of that. And the self-awareness I now have about myself, it makes me a better coach. It makes me a better team leader. It makes me a better brother, friend, and son. And I couldn't think of anything better. I read a lot of personal development books. And this just, you know, this is just like that. It's another personal development practice. I understand, you know, I'm starting to understand, I should say, my shortcomings and where they come from. I'm doing the work. I'm not perfect, 
I probably never will be, but I'm content with being a work in progress. And we should all be content with being a work in progress. And personally, I've tried two forms of therapy. I'm still doing CBT right now, done hypnotherapy in the past. And both of them, specifically CBT, have been one of the most transformative experiences of my entire life. And guys, you know that when I say these things, I genuinely mean it to deep in my core, right? It comes from a place of honesty and it comes from my heart. It really does. So if you don't feel ready and, you know, that's, you know, a little bit far left for you, then try reading about it first. Like read about CVT, read about emotional intelligence. There's so many books, podcasts out there now. And then the more you know about yourself, the more preventative you can be about letting your mental state worsen, right? So if you're in a place now where, you get these occasional negative thoughts, you're, you know, you're a little bit down every now and again, then you might not even, you know, you might not even be in a stage where you feel like it's necessary. But that does not mean that you can't start reading about this, start understanding your mind a little bit more and being more preventative than allowing yourself, like I said earlier, to get to rock bottom before you have to actually do something. Be proactive about this. And like I said, you're just going to be more centered. You're going to be more in control of your mind and your triggers and your, you know, the impulses and the things that you might not like about yourself. And it's a really good place to be. Right. I think I need to go lie down now. So I really, really hope this message helped someone. And please, I'm urging you to share this with a friend who might need to hear it. And if you're thinking, I don't want them to assume that I, you know, I think they need help. Like if you share a physical health podcast with someone, it's not you saying, I think you're overweight or unhealthy. You're simply saying there's some value to take from this. And that's the exact same thing you'll be doing if you send it their way. So if you've never shared the podcast on your Instagram story, on your Facebook, please make this the time that you do. Like this is a message I want to get as far and as wide as I possibly can. So thank you guys. I really, really appreciate you all. I really appreciate having this platform that so many people are listening to and we can spread this message and slowly but surely break the stigma around this. Take care guys. I will speak soon. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elia Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.